I love I love people from Zim. Very very warm. Do you have friends very friendly. From Zim? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Some okay. of my really good friends. So do you speak Shana or Dumbele? I speak Dumbele. Ah, nice. But nice, I do nice. understand Shana. Mm, that's mm. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Hi guys, welcome to your late night sessions with your one and only Bean. Today we're going to be spilling the beans with Harry Udo. Welcome, Harry. We're going to be talking all things relationships and love and confidence and coaching. Hi, Harry. Mm-hmm. Hi, Nkosi. How are you? I'm awesome. Tell the people about yourself. Hey, everyone. So my name is Harry Uda. I am a relationship coach based out in Dublin. And I essentially help people cultivate meaning in their romantic lives or overall relational lives. You mm-hmm. know, I help them explore questions around what does a good relationship look like yeah. for me and what what am I looking for out of a prospective partner because typically these are things that we need to or we're expected to just go out and figure it out mm-hmm. right yeah. so I try and create that sort of intellectual safe intellectual space safe psychological space where you know people's curiosity can be unleashed and we can sort of delve deeply into the <laughs> the recesses <laughs> of our minds you know True. so it's no longer mm. about the me looking for a man having a list of 10 things that need to take off mm. you know what i think <laughs> I, I i think it's it's definitely very helpful to have clarity on what you want yeah right so to know the kind of person the, the kind of guy you're looking for and but but then an even more interesting question to me is, well, why do you want those things? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Why are those things important? So, like, why do you have this set of 10 as opposed to another random set of 10? Yeah. Or another question I might ask is, if you had to sell one of those qualities, which one would you sell for how much and why? You know, mm. so it's really trying to dig a little deeper and going beyond the surface because that's where you really start to understand you know what it is you need yeah. in order to feel satisfied you know long term well, even if it's not long term even if it's a short term thing, thing but yeah. but satisfaction satisfaction can only truly be attained when you're fully aware of your wants mm-hmm. and your needs and the distinctions between the two mm. deep stuff mm. Very mm. deep stuuff, and I guess you've just explained what a relationship coach is generally, like you've packed it up in yeah. a nice small response. So what services do you offer? Right, or what so specific I, areas do you, do you focus on? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. I pretty much help, you know, let's say if you were to come to me, mm-hmm. if you were to reach out and say, "Hey, Harry, I'm dealing with x, y, z issue, it's it's less about the issue itself and more about fit right Mm -hmm. are we a good fit because some people might want to work with somebody who says hey here are the five things you need to do go do those five things and you'll be fine but my approach is more I take a more fundamentalist approach you know it's like Mm -hmm. well why do you want those five things you know what 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 is it about you what is it in you or about your relational history that has gotten you to this point where you feel like you want these five things yeah you know what do you really want is it these five things or is there something else? You know, what, what do these five things denote? So that, that is essentially my approach. So when I speak to someone, I'm trying to do a, I'm trying to conduct an accurate analysis, mm-hmm. right? Just to understand, okay, do I have a clear understanding of what, what your underlying motivation is for getting in touch with me? And then are we a good fit? Because it works both ways. I need to understand, okay, is this somebody that is willing to commit to doing the work? Because yeah. the reality is, if you're not willing to put in the work, then things are going to stay exactly the same. The same. You know, but, but as a sort of general rule of thumb, some of the key pain points that I, that, that repeatedly show up are, you know, people who are dealing with breakups yeah. or people who are single, right? But they find that, look, Harry, it's easy for me to find sex, but I'm finding it hard to find connection, right? Mm -hmm. Or the sort of third bucket is I'm in an existing romantic relationship and, you know, I love my partner, but maybe I don't feel satisfied anymore. Mm, Something's missing. Something's missing. So then, then that gives us a good starting point for further exploration. But the most important thing I would say is 
the fit on both sides, right? Yeah. So I need to make sure that, you know, you're the right kind of client and also that I'm the right coach for you. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. So you spoke about healthy relationships. So what defines a healthy relationship? That's very interesting. I think there is no one sort of nominal definition, mm -hmm. right? But what I would always say is a healthy relationship is one in which you have something called positive sentiment override. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and that 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 term was coined by the Gottman Institute. And basically what that means is when you think about your relationship. So let's say you and I were in a relationship, right? We're together. Yeah. When you think of Harry and you think of the relationship you have with Harry, is your general feeling a positive feeling? Like when you think of me and you think of what we have together, do you generally feel positive? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't some things that you don't like. I mean, in every relationship, there are going to be perpetual, perpetual yeah. problems, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but generally speaking, do you feel, are you positively inclined towards Harry? Are you positively inclined towards the relationship you have? Or when you hear Harry's name, you know, is there like a burning, like There's a fire in your bed? Like, I, I want to, <laughs> you, you know, like, I want to, I want to get rid of this person. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so, so that to me denotes, you know, a healthy relationship. If I feel yeah. good about what we have, I feel good about the, the person I am around you. Right. Yeah. I, I like the way you make me feel. I like, I feel as though we're on the same page. I feel as though we are generally headed in the right direction, mm -hmm. right? That to me is a healthy relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. hmm. And so what do you think is the most important thing that couples can do to keep their relationships healthy? That's a really good question. And what I always say is stay curious. Mm-hmm. Stay curious because what happens in a lot of relationships, particularly long-term relationships, right, yeah. is your sort of your typical trajectory is you get together and, you know, it's that sort of fuzzy feeling, butterflies, everything in the beginning. Honeymoon phase. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then over time, you get comfortable with this person. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But what happens is if you stop, if you sort of lose curiosity, you know, then you're no longer interested in, you know, what, what, what do they, what do they like these yeah. days? You know, it's what, what, you what are they chasing? Anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but here's the interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. If, if for, for you to be kept on your toes, you need to be invested in that process and you invest in that process by staying curious. True. So you want to continuously ask questions. You want to be interested genuinely, right? Because you don't want to assume that your partner, well, I know everything there is to know about this person. You know, mm -hmm. I've been with them five years. I know them like the back of my hand. I think that's a problematic lens and a problematic approach because, as you well know, we change minute to minute and day to day. Yeah. Right? Sure. So you, you, you have to just keep that in mind. You know, don't assume that just because I've been with this person through certain junctures, then I know all there is to know about them. Because there, the, the thing is, there is always something new that yeah. you can discover only if you are curious only if so curious. stay curious guys stay curious mm -hmm. mm. okay i'm listening with big ears i'm also learning as well <laughs> <laughs> so we've good. spoken about the healthy relationships what are signs of a toxic relationship oh well then going back to what i was saying about positive sentiment override so mm -hmm. the converse of that again i have to shout out to the gottman institute uh, for anyone who doesn't know um they're basically a research institute run by john and julie gottman and they've been carrying out um sort of scientific research on romantic relationships for over over three decades mm -hmm. okay now another term they've coined is negative sentiment override Right. That's yeah. where my general feeling about the relationship or about you is mm -hmm. negative. You know, when I think of going home to you, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, I, I couldn't think of anything. Again. <laughs> I wanted to do less. Right. Um, and there's some things to look out for. Right. So a situation where, you know, there's a lot of criticism yeah. between parties. Right. There's a lot of criticism um, where you, you 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 hold, you know, resentment and contempt for each other. You know, you find it hard to respect each other's points of view. Mm -hmm. OK, now, one thing I want to say on respecting each other's points of view, respecting your point of view does not mean agreeing with your point of view. 
I just want to make that very clear, yeah. right? So I can respect, I can disagree or hold a an opposite or an opposing point of view while still respecting your right to your opinion. Yeah. Okay. So, so those are just some of the things to look out for. Like, do you get unnecessarily defensive with each other? Mm-hmm. All right. Are you full of resentment and contempt and criticism? So those, those are, those, those are some of the things I would look at, you know, okay. and, and all of that taken together that denotes sort of negative sentiment override. And you, and, and, and you know, another, another good way of checking is yeah. how do you feel? How do you feel when you're around this person? That's a, that's a simple mm. thing. Do you want to be around them or you feel like you'd rather be somewhere else? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. And, and if you feel like you would rather be somewhere else, don't, don't try and dismiss the feeling. I always say ask probing questions because your emotions are basically an indicator, yeah. right? Your emotions indicate that there is something about your current situation or the current circumstances that you either like <laughs> or you don't like. Yeah. Okay. So follow follow those emotions. Don't dismiss them. Don't dismiss them. Ask the more red questions. flags. Don't mm. the red flags. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, be honest. Be honest mm. with yourself. But that's a great place to start. Do I feel small when I'm around this person? Yeah. You know, do they try and make me feel less than them? you know do i feel like they question my intelligence you know just those are those are some of the signs when you're when you're when you're unhappy with someone or you're unhappy in a relationship you generally have that feeling you know what i mean you generally know you know there's something about this yeah but sometimes that's scary you know particularly in situations where you know you've been together for a long time so i've invested all this time with this person so it might be hard for me to admit or acknowledge mm, what i'm feeling because well what does that mean what does that mean for the past 10 years that i've, I've invested with this time. person have mm. i wasted my time and, and and one thing i would like to say on that is no you have not because no experience is a waste you're always learning so if you adopt a different lens don't look at it as oh have i wasted my time instead ask the question what have i learned about myself True. right mm. what have i learned about this other person that I've been with? What have I learned about, you know, what I'm looking for in a relationship? What have I learned about the things that make me happy? Yeah. What have I learned about the things that make me unhappy? What, what, what are some of the mistakes that I've made over this time? So if you look at it through that lens, then you will never look at that as a wasted amount of time, no matter how long it is. But again, I know that it's difficult. <laughs> it's, yeah, this, it's not easy. Isn't easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy to do sort of the deep work because yeah. it's unsettling. It is. Mm. Because you'll never get that time back. But then we should look at it as a learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Because if you if you look at it from the perspective of I will never get that time back, then you're going then. to feel a sense of loss, <laughs> you know? But but instead, see there's think, actually think a lot that you've gained. Absolutely. Like that was an investment. Mm. You've invested in your relational life. So now you've learned, okay, I like this. I don't like that. This is what I did and I wouldn't do that again. This is something that they did that I should have said that I didn't like, but I didn't say it at the time because I wanted to keep harmony, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. There are nuggets in there. Yeah, true. Mm. So what's the most common relationship issue that you've encountered with your clients? I think for me, the big one is I'm not satisfied. Mm. I'm no longer satisfied with my partner or, you know, or you have somebody who is wondering, am I a bad person for feeling dissatisfied? You, you, you know, mm, like, so, yeah. so I, I feel guilty for not or... being satisfied. And I don't know if it's fair on me to say what I'm feeling. Yeah. That, that's because one... generally you feel like that person is a good person. So you yeah. kind of have no right to be, to not be satisfied. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And, you know, an interesting thing about that is the fact that you're dissatisfied is not necessarily, it's not necessarily an inadequacy in the other person. Yeah. Instead, you know, because I always say to, 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 to people I speak with is you always want to take ownership, right? Mm-hmm. So think to yourself, have I, have I been able to communicate my needs, Okay. Do I even know what they are? Right. That's a big Do thing. I even know what they are? So if you don't know what your needs are 
and you haven't been able to communicate those needs, to express them, or even, first of all, before you express them outwardly, if you've not been able to articulate them in your mind, mm-hmm. right, let alone express them to the other person, then you then say, no, not satisfied. you know, they're not satisfying me. It's like, well, you have to take some ownership yeah. and you have to take some responsibility. Because they can't you know? read your mind if you no. communicate. No, no. And even, even if you do end up, you know, you're, take, take a, a different situation where you are able to express yourself, you are able to articulate your needs and share it with the other person. And okay, in that case, if they are, if they are unable to meet those needs, still, that doesn't mean that they are a bad person. It doesn't mean they're deficient. It just means don't have something that you're looking for right now. So you don't have to make it, you know, you don't have to turn it into this sort of antagonistic ordeal where it's like, you're so, you're so deficient. You're so inadequate. You know, you you never want to do that because you you have no idea what that could do to a person. Yeah. You know? True. Mm. So Dom, directing Mm -hmm. one personally to you. (laughs) Oh, uh uh-oh. What is one of the the biggest uh, relationship obstacles that you've overcome in your own life? Ooh, one of the biggest <laughs> obstacles that I've overcome for me was communication. Yeah. Communication. Not communicating effectively, right? And not being able to hear things that I didn't like. Yeah. You know, and that was definitely yeah. a big one for me. Because I, I you know, I, at the time I used to think, oh, you know, I'm I'm because I'm a very expressive guy, right? But <laughs> what I realized was, you know, I, I would I would find myself in situations where I would want to get my point of view across. And because I consider myself to be a very well thought guy and et cetera, well, I'm just gonna say my piece and that's that. And that's you know? that, that, but but that's, that's not that's, how it works. <laughs> that's not yeah. that's not how it works. And <laughs> uh, so that's something that I've had to actively work on over time, which is to to be aware that listen you have blind spots as well. Yeah. You have blind spots as well. And, and you know, I also have, um, in addition to sort of the one-to-one work that I do with clients, I have an online um, group coaching community. And, you know, one of our sort of community guidelines in our manifesto is we are all going to help each other bring our blind spots mm-hmm. to the forefront of our consciousness. And that includes me, right? Because there are going to be things that I don't see and I need I need you guys to sort of, help me out with that. So that's been a big mm. one for me, for sure. Better communication. And also understanding how best to communicate, you know, something that's bothering me. Yeah. Yeah, something that's bothering me because, you know, I, in, in the past, I wouldn't want to make the other person uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But But what I realize is there is a way to effectively express where I'm coming from without making the other person feel bad about themselves. Yeah. So there you go. I gave you two for the price of one there. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you know what? You know what? For the benefit of everyone listening, I'm going to flip that back on you. So would you mind sharing? Yes, yes, yes. Only It's only fair. Come on. That's a first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. What was the question? My biggest uh, relationship obstacle. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Mm. my biggest relationship obstacle was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> okay how does it feel to be in the hot seat <laughs> it's horrible okay wait let me mm-hmm. give me five seconds mm-hmm. four was um unbalanced effort unbalanced like, effort okay yeah. tell me about that i felt like i was giving more than i was getting mm. and when i tried to communicate that it will some way, somehow, always come off as petty or, mm. or me wanting more than the other person can actually give. But when I balance how I handle the relationship and how they handle the relationship, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't adding up. I was giving 80, they were giving 20. And mm. yeah. So how did you, how did you come to that conclusion? I... How did you realize, okay, they're giving, I'm giving 80 and they're giving 20? I had to sit down and do some introspection mm. and see, okay, mm-hmm. so am, am I really asking for too much? Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down the, my, what I considered my bad qualities mm-hmm. and my good qualities and mm-hmm. what those were and how those were benefiting the relationship or, or taking away from the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then mm. I looked at how they, I looked at what I thought their bad qualities and good qualities. I weighed out what I had weighed out on myself mm-hmm. and, 
I got to the conclusion that, yeah, I was actually giving a lot. But then, mm. and then at, eventually I broke off the relationship. But later on, as I've grown mm-hmm. over the years, I realized that I was expecting someone to love the way I love, which is right. definitely not possible because we're two different people with two different mm-hmm. backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And we define true love in different ways. Mm. So I had to accept that when you're in a relationship with someone, that is a completely different person and they have their own idea of love and how they want to love and how they want to be loved. So it all comes down to communicating, actually. Sitting mm. down and saying, I feel like you're not doing this for me and I always do it for you. Why is, why is that the case? And once you have that conversation, you come to find that there is actually a reason why that person probably doesn't react the way they react to your certain gestures. Maybe... It's something that happened in the past. They got mm-hmm. burned or mm-hmm. they just never knew that's how you react because they didn't know the kind of love that you're giving. Mm. So mm. I have but, grown over the years, uh-huh, but uh-huh. That, was my, that was my obstacle. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, in order to move forward, you had to look within. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's a very important message for anyone listening. Yeah. Is, don't be don't be scared of going inside. Don't be scared. You know, you know, you want to you want to you want to shine the flashlight on, on your <laughs> innermost thoughts and your innermost inclinations because that's where you're going to find, you know, ironically that's where you're going to find a lot of answers that you're projecting outwardly. Yeah. Mhm. It was really scary, I won't lie, because it's like putting yourself <laughs> on the witness stand and you're oh, yeah. ripping yourself apart but I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it did a lot of good in the end absolutely absolutely it did a lot of good in the end absolutely but you know it's it's never it's never pleasant when you're sort of doing that audit <laughs> on mm. yourself and yeah you, you, you know and you're sort of staring yourself in the mirror and you're saying look i i fucked up here or here's something that i shouldn't <laughs> have it, that's never it's never nice we 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 we, we love you know, we're in love with ourselves. You know what I mean? The ego yeah. wants to hear good things. You know, I'm such so a passionate lover. I'm this and a... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing mm. that, you know. You're uh, welcome. Oh, yeah. you put me in the hot seat, so I had to react. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I spoke about self-introspection. Mm-hmm. So why is self-love so important in relationships with other people? Mm. Okay, so this is this is very interesting. So... In order for you to feel like you are a functional part of the relationship, Mm. you need to pay attention to those aspects of your life that need to be that that need to be contended with, right? So for example, maybe you know you're facing some challenges in your sort of financial situation, right? Or maybe you're facing some challenges with health and fitness. You know, whatever the case may be, self-love is not just does not mean sort of mindless indulgence in pleasure. Actually, mm. self-love means you know I'm looking at my situation. I'm looking at the different elements of my life. I'm looking at the different aspects to my being, and I'm paying attention to those areas that require my attention. Right. Mm, And mm. you need to keep doing that for yourself in order to continue evolving. So so as not to essentially be a drag on the shared entity, which is which is your relationship, because one of the toughest things that can happen in any relationship is where one person is paying attention to themselves and is sort of showing love to themselves and the other person isn't on the same page, yeah. right? It starts to feel frustrating. And then that, that person who isn't on the same page might start resenting the other person for placing all that attention on themselves. On themselves. So, so, so if you are in that situation, what I would say is don't resent them for, 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 for trying to work on themselves. You do the same thing because, because check this out. Mm. You know, if you have one healthy party, right? And yeah. one unhealthy party, that's an unhealthy relationship, right? Yeah. If you have because two, one rotten tomato spoils the rest. One hundred percent. And you know, at the same on the same token, if you have two unhealthy parties, that's still an unhealthy relationship. In order mm. to have a healthy relationship, you have to have two healthy parties. And and a good way to ensure 
that, you know, you keep that sort of healthy dynamic alive is don't forget to look at yourself. Yeah. It, it, it's very important. It's very important because believe me when I say, if you find yourself in a situation where you've neglected yourself and you're, you're, you're sort of showing too much of that love, directing too much of that love out outwards mm. and you're going to feel an emotional imbalance within True. yourself you know? that reminds me of a statement that i heard from a friend mm. she was saying you can't pour from an empty cup i love that exactly exactly mm. exactly to be the best partner that you can be you need to invest in yourself yeah you know what i mean invest sure. in yourself think of it as there's three different candles there is mm-hmm. your, there is you your own candle right? There is your partner's individual candle. And then there is the candle that represents the the shared institution that is your relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So each of those candles needs to be tended to. True. So they all, all all three stay aflame. 100%. 100%. So that is what self-love is. Because I think there is a misconception in society that, you know, self-love is just overindulgence in you know sort of and, you know you pleasure. only live once yeah yeah <laughs> you know, self-love is you know if you've got something that's been that's been bothering you that's weighing you down and you've been putting it off I understand that you know it's hard to face the dragon at times it's hard to to face that thing that's been bringing you down but by facing that thing that is how you love yourself mm. true so I'm Zimbabwean and I'm based in Germany so mm-hmm. globalization happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And I'm pretty sure it happened to you too. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So with the rise in globalization today, mm-hmm. a lot of us are experiencing firsthand challenges of like living between two or more very different cultures. Mm-hmm. And that can creep into our intimate relationships that we form wherever we're now based, wherever we're now rooted so what would be your number one advice for cross-cultural couples? Oh, I love that. I love that you asked that. So one thing I would say is you want to strive for harmony, right? Mm. But harmony does not equal sameness. Okay? So it goes back to that respect piece. Mm. You need to respectfully understand that you are too subjective you have two subjective experiences right yeah two completely different individuals particularly when i mean even even within a family right you have you take take a set of siblings mm-hmm. each, each sibling is going to be different let alone you know two strangers really because you you know you, you think of a relationship as two strangers yeah. coming together to, to to build right so one thing is to remember that this person has their own value system Okay, True. this person has their own belief system. No this one person... has to water down their own beliefs to be with the other person. Mm, okay, well, well, that's that's an interesting one. That's an interesting mm. one because because again, when you when you bring two people from two disparate backgrounds, yeah. well, there comes a point where if you really want to be with this person, then you have to at least be open to maybe revising certain things. But then that is for each individual and each couple in that situation right yeah to to be honest about well what is not that big of a deal to me yeah true you know and if something is very important to you then then you know make that clear but make that clear because this is another thing that happens particularly with people i work with i've seen this where you know if i want to say well this is very important all of a sudden I'm saying it in an adversarial way, in a sort of mm. antagonistic way, like, no, listen, this is important to me. And if you don't like it, you can then get lost. so be it. But, but, but you see, the problem, <laughs> the problem with that is once you say that, once you speak to me in that way, then I'm going to naturally get defensive yeah. and I'm going to resist what you're saying. And, and, and if, 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 if every time we come to that sort of fork in the road where you have something that's important to you and you express it in that sort of aggressive way, then over time I'm going to start becoming resentful of you. Yeah. True. Okay. So, so. And I will take time to understand why mm, that is so important to you. I love that. I love that. So, you know, you want to always make bids for understanding Mm. and, and that goes for, 
you know, the individual who is saying, look, this is very important to me. So don't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a fight. You know, it's like, hey, look, this is important to me. And let me tell you why. Mm, true. Right. Let me tell you why. So once, once you're telling me why, even if, even if I see things differently, right now, at least I understand, I understand where yeah. you are coming from. But again, this is another thing I always tell people is you can understand where somebody is coming from without agreeing with them. Yeah, true. So, you know, so just, just if you, if you have something that is important to you that you're not willing to negotiate on, because let's be honest, a relationship is a negotiation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you decide, okay, this is something that I'm not able to, you know, I have no wiggle room on. And this is something that I'm able to revise, but always try and induce a state of understanding because understanding leads to compassion. Mm. Powerful words, Harry. Thank you. Thank You're you. one wise young man. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take so, it. So what are you reading? What's your favorite? What are your favorite coaching tools, books, apps, blogs? I don't know. What would you, what would you recommend to our listeners? Mm, that's an interesting question. Well, right now I'm reading a book called The Seven Principles of, for Making Marriage Work by mm -hmm. John, John Gottman and the Gottman Institute where they're essentially showing you three decades of academic research on couples, right? Mm. So what do successful couples do and how do they manage conflict? And, you know, how can you start to implement some of these principles into your life? So that's, that's one thing that I'm reading. So I would definitely recommend that for anyone who's looking to sort of deepen their relational awareness. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, okay, awesome stuff. So I'm um, back to you. Back to me. <laughs> oh boy. Tell us a bit about Harry. Like, why did you choose coaching? Who is Harry? Hmm. That's that's a question. Who who is Harry? I think that's a fundamental question that we're all <laughs> trying to answer, isn't it? We're all trying to yeah. figure out like well, who, just, who just we give are. Me a slide into mm. Harry's life PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. So I was born in Nigeria mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I lived with my parents as, you know, a lot of young children do. And it was obviously, it was honestly a, you know, beautiful experience, sort of my earliest memories, right? Yeah. With myself, my mom, my dad, you know, we listened to a lot of music and, you know, do a lot of things together. But when I turned about five or six, they had a divorce. And for me at the time, it seemed as though my whole world had sort of come crashing down, yeah. you know. And um, of course, nobody is explaining to the five or six year old what is actually going on <laughs> because True. your level of comprehension <laughs> is not quite there it's yet. It's not there yet, yeah. But, you know, interestingly enough, for me, because I had so many questions, that led to this sort of burning curiosity about relationships. Mm -hmm. So I was that kid who was always asking invasive and intrusive questions to the grown-ups around me, right? Trying mm -hmm. to understand, you know, do you guys sleep in the same room and, you know, things like that. And <laughs> people were probably thinking, what is wrong with what this kid? What is wrong with this kid? You know, but it was just because I had so many unanswered questions around my yeah. parents' relationship. So, I mean, sort of fast forward, I go into my teens and I guess my teenage romantic trajectory was very similar to a lot of teens teenagers, right? Ups mm -hmm. and downs, you know, moments that are incredibly embarrassing and moments where, you know, you have a lot of bliss and, and ecstasy, right? Yeah. But um, for me, what, where, where things really started to change was when I turned, I believe, 18, 18 or 19. And I, you know, first year of college, mm -hmm. I, you know, I met this woman and I fell, I fell deeply in love with her, right? Yeah. And I realized, oh, wow, I'm f I feel for her in a way that I've never felt before. Right. So sounds I, I, cliche, I, I, but... <laughs> sounds cliche because why, why are things cliche? Because they're, they're requisite exactly. parts of our human condition, True. right? Everybody can relate to that feeling of mm. the first time you felt like, oh, you know what? This is different, mm. right? Because there's layers to emotion. True. So for me, I, as soon as I acknowledged that, I started thinking back to what happened with my parents. Mm. And I remembered that my parents always loved each other, but there was obviously a mechanical imbalance, which is why things, you know, went the way they did. So I had this fundamental understanding that love is not enough. 
So if you want to make something meaningful and substantive, then you essentially have to look at the, the less glamorous stuff, mm. right? Because that's what really keeps something long-term. So what did I do? <laughs> I started to really delve into the literature. I started to okay. look at, you know, what does it mean to be in a successful relationship? So I started to look at giants like, you know, Esther Perel, John and Julie Gottman, Guy mm -hmm. Winch, Steven Snyder, you know, Tony Robbins, of course, you name it. And I was yeah. trying to answer a lot of these questions. And, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well. You know, I thought I had a pretty good handle on what it meant to be in a relationship. And um, I was with, you know, I was with this lady for about four years, four and a half years. And we had, mm -hmm. we honestly had a beautiful relationship. It was, there, I have very positive memories, right? But, but of course, like any relationship, there are ups and downs. Yeah. And, you know, after about four and a half years, you know, she decided that she wanted to move in a different direction. Now, yeah. for me at the time, that was really tough because I, like I said, I thought I knew everything I needed to know. And that was a mistake that I made is mm -hmm. thinking that I know it all, right? You never know it all. There, there's always opportunities for you to improve. So yeah, once, once, once the relationship ended, I was in a very dark place, um, and at this point, I had already sort of started learning about coaching because I started learning about coaching essentially, let's say, a year before I got into the relationship, yeah. right? And um, I'm doing my MSc, my master's in coaching, and I was already working with some people just around sort of general general issues. Yeah. But um, once she left, I was, like I said, I, I was distraught and I found myself in this sort of deep, deep depression, hmm. okay? And um, no matter what I did, I couldn't quite shake that feeling. And so I'm, I'm also, I, I train in kickboxing, right? And that was literally mm -hmm. the only thing that could sort of take my mind off of the pain that I was feeling. Yeah. You know, we had been living together in the same apartment. So there was just, it was such a loaded experience. All the memories, whenever I would walk through the door. Yeah, there was so much change that yeah, had to happen. So, yeah, so, so, so much, you know, and if you think about it, on one hand, you're losing that physical companionship, right? But then you're also losing the conception of the future that you had. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you're questioning everything that happened in the past, right? So was this ever truly real? Yeah. You know, also there's all these things, you're experiencing all these sensations at the same time. But I remember this one evening, anyway, I come back from training and, you know, I walk into the apartment and... I kept the lights off because it was just too hard for me, right? Mm. If I had the lights on, I would remember, oh, we, you know, this is where we ate and this is where we had a drink or this, you know what I mean? So it was just easier to keep everything off. So I'm sitting on the sofa mm. and um, kind of had my head down and a friend of mine. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm in darkness and I guess that just tells you where I was at the time. Mm. But a friend of mine actually sent me a message on WhatsApp and it was a picture of the phoenix. So the phoenix burns itself in its own ashes in order mm -hmm. to rise again. And underneath the image, he sent me a quote from Picasso. And the quote was, every act of creation is first an act of destruction. Okay. And when, when I read those words, it was as if, you know, my spirit, my soul was sort of given a jolt. You know, mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time, I felt something other than just intense pain, right? Um, there was almost a sense of, you know, hopefulness, you know? It was like, w w there is something here. I spoke yeah. to, if you want to call it God, you want to call it the higher power, the universe, but something greater than myself. That was what I experienced in that moment. And I started to review my entire life's trajectory up until that point. Everything I'd experienced from growing up in Nigeria through to sort of my early adulthood here mm. in Ireland. And it occurred to me that, dude, you've been in pain before. And what you're feeling now, this is the fundamental nature of what you're feeling. You have felt it before, but the only difference is the, the prevailing circumstances. Yeah. You know, and when you felt this before, that didn't kill you then. So this is not going to be the end for you. There is a way forward. And basically in that moment, I decided I was going to stop asking myself disempowering questions. So those are questions like, why, why me? Well, you know, why did this happen mm. now? Why didn't she love me? You know, all these questions that 
you know, of course, there's a time and a place, right? So I always say, when it just happens and the wound is still fresh, give yourself that's license the, to that's feel. That's when you can ask. Yeah, mm. give yourself license to feel. But there comes a point where, you know, asking those sorts of questions become redundant. Because yeah. it's almost like you're just deepening the wound again and again and again and again. And you're not allowing it to heal. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So for me, I started to review everything that had happened in the relationship. So some of the things that we've discussed on this uh, during this conversation, which is just auditing my behavior. Like, I, well, I thought I thought I was Mr. Relationship, right? So yeah. how, how did this happen? So all of a sudden, I'm looking at things through a different lens. Again, a lens of curiosity, right? Mm. I, I'm no longer assuming I know it all. And just by doing that, I was able to see so many things that I did that I wouldn't want to do moving forward. Right. Yeah. And I started to look at, OK, what were some red flags in the relationship that I ignored? Right. And but what were some things that I really loved about the relationship? And then I went back to all the literature that I'd been, you know, acquainting myself with over the past four or five years. And I started to ask new questions, questions that I wouldn't have been able to ask while I was in the relationship because I didn't want them to threaten my sense of security. Yeah. Okay. But now, now, now that I had nothing to lose, I could ask those questions. And I guess to cut a long story short, I became obsessed then with asking more sort of exploratory questions, some more controversial questions, right? Uncomfortable mm -hmm. questions. And I start to speak to friends and family and, you know, colleagues, teammates at the gym, you name it, strangers. And I realized, hold on a second, we are all faced with these sorts of situations over the course of our lifetime and yeah. we are essentially just winging it. you know we're trying to do the best we can with the limited information that we have maybe we lean on friends and family but they can only really give us advice based on their own limited perspective and a lot of the time when advice is prescriptive you can either feel resistant or even when you are open to it, if you just take it on board without taking the nuances of your situation into account, you might implement something that's going to make things worse for you. And that yeah. was when I decided that I was going to, you know, focus exclusively on sort of relational, relational challenges to help people with that. Because I started searching online and, you know, I was finding, I came across a lot of people who were saying things like, oh, you know, five steps to get your ex back, et cetera, things, things like that. But <laughs> that's not what I was looking for. I was trying to understand, yeah. look, I don't want to, I don't want to repeat the same patterns. Right? Yeah. I don't want to get her back and then do everything that I said that I know I don't want to do again. True. Right. You know, cause you need to, you need to evaluate your own behavior and your own shortcomings and also the shortcomings of the other person. And then, yeah. you know, that's when it occurred to me that, you know what, man, you've got to be the change that you want to see in the world. And, you know, yes. that was when my relationship coaching practice was born. And it's been a beautiful, yeah, exactly. It's been a beautiful <laughs> journey ever since. And, you know, this is, we're, 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 we're only just getting started. There's a lot of exciting things coming up. And yeah, I'm super, I, it's a real, you know, sort of honor and privilege to be able to hold this space with people and listen to them speak about what for a lot of people is really the most intimate part of their lives. You know, you don't, yeah. you're not, you, you don't go to a dinner party and, you know, give a toast and talk about the, 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 of challenges in your relationship you know what i mean most most individuals experience the challenges of relational relational life in isolation you know yeah so True. there you have it short history lesson we appreciate it we appreciate it we are honored <laughs> mm. that's always that's always good <laughs> so if you could, you, I realize that you're also a sex and intimacy coach. So if you could give just one piece of advice on sex, what would it be? I would say it's less about positions and more about state of mind. Oh, powerful. Yes, because like Esther Perel says, you know, particularly in the Western world, we are living in a performance-driven sexual economy. Mm. So if you're going into... If you're going into a sexual encounter with performance anxiety, then how can you even be present, right? Sure. And another thing is, you know, we've been told that it's, it's the other person's, it, so it's the responsibility of our partner to figure out what we like and what suits us. But again, it goes back to that introspection. If yeah. you don't know what you like, if you don't know what turns you on, 
then you know how can you expect somebody else to, to know, know you better yeah. than you know yourself so mm. instead of thinking about positions or oh, these are the best positions etc cetera, etc cetera, think more so about the state of mind and, and and give yourself that permission to indulge in pleasure give yourself permission to go all in on the experience forget about you know oh, oh, oh am i am i am i satisfying them as much as i need to you know mm. that, that if anything that is what is making that is what is leading to poor performance most mm-hmm. likely you know yeah. so think state of mind state of mind over positions <laughs> <laughs> powerful okay and what's your best advice on how to attract high quality love and great relationships the hmm that's a very good question. that's a very good question i would think i i would say the the best thing you can do right the best thing you can do is get clear on what you want right yeah. and be aware of the differences between your wants your needs so a want is something that you desire right i desire this thing it's not you 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 know you have desire for this thing and it's important but a need is something that you cannot do without, mm-hmm. right? So you need to get clear on what you want versus what you need and continue to work on yourself. And you work on yourself and, you, you know, you're, 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 again, it goes back to that self-love. Like, what are, the, what are those areas in my life that I need to focus on that need some attention, right? Mm-hmm. Continue to build that. Continue to cultivate your vision. What is your, what, 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 what is your purpose? You know, what is your purpose here? And there's nothing purpose-driven people attract purpose-driven people, mm. you know? True. I guess this advice also goes for um, singles that are waiting to meet someone, right? Oh, one, one, it's, it's, it, it starts with the self. It starts mm. with the self, you know, the better acquainted you are with yourself, the more attention you place on those areas of your life that need to be attended to the you, you what you're doing is you're creating the conditions wherein a healthy relationship can be spawned yeah mm-hmm. awesome stuff so where can we find you so can you we get your services yeah sure sure so you can find me at, at harryuda.com that's my website so www.harryuda.com Mm-hmm. Or you can find me on Instagram, Harry underscore Uda, U-D-D-O-H. So on my Instagram, there's, you know, there's a link there. You can actually schedule a call with me. I'll get on the phone and we'll get to know each other a little bit. I'm also on Facebook, Harry Uda Relationship Coach. So, you know, we're multi-channel, whatever way works mm-hmm. best for you. Okay, awesome stuff. So guys, I'll leave all this information in the description box. Thank you so much, Harry, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Have a lovely remainder of your week and your weekend. Likewise, you too. Take care, stay safe. All right, bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the chat that I just had with Harry. And I hope everything that was spoken about here helps you in your current relationships, in relationships that you're planning to have or in your future relationships on maintaining healthy relationships. I'm not leaving you guys empty-handed. I'm leaving you guys with Aksala Legi by Affiliate featuring Blue Tick and Dark Art. Enjoy. Stay safe. Stay healthy from your bean. With the biggest love. We chasing the club every day. My final singles in the bone of my simba. You better get out of the worst. Panda Mashale. Yeah. Young and in my sub with the menace. My sterling from seven. Get number singing out the nowhere. Axalale. Yeah. We chasing the club every day. My final singles in the bone of my simba. You better get out of the way. Spanda my chalet. I'm getting my swap with the menace. My final singles in the bone of my simba. You better get out of the way. This, this, this ain't even peace mode yet. God ain't done about to peace my threat. I'll be all over the pit, my man. Looks along I'm a politics, I'm mad. Then they know who they're dealing with. So eventually, my squad is pretty pit. 
Mag Vigetti, non c'est Figuinking Ous n'y a si mag, mais n'y kille ni Y'a bon à gué manje, si y'a bouillon Mais c'est le minambe, y'a chouba Zana la sponsor, l'oum kouba Don't get me out of my mood We chasing the crop every day My final singles in the bone of my simba You better get out of the way Spanda ma chale Young and in my soul with the menace My sterling home seven Get number singing out there nowhere That's all I live Mmm yeah We chasing the crop every day My final singles in the bone of my simba You better get out of the way Spanda ma chale Young girl in my soul with the menace My father singles in the bone, I'm a simba, you better get out of the way I ain't nobody, gizeng is funny Funa le mali, gek chela mga nami Gezing in ganuzo, kek lem fanami Mang peti mo swabuzo, shesham shanami Spanda ma shele, a shele ngom sebe My father singles in the bone, I'm a sphere, you better get out of the way Spanda ma sente, slala ganjani, we tryna get paid So pandolo pan, funu place this is there No minge trans, kulega oleti so pila gamandi we Salale, mmm, yeah We chasing the crop every day My final singles in the bone of my simba You better get out of the way Spanda my chale, yeah Young girl in my soul with the menace My sterling home seven, oh Get number singing out there nowhere That's all I live, mmm, yeah We chasing the crop every day My final singles in the bone of my simba You better get out of the way